So let's go ahead and open up to the Bible. So Judges chapter 13 here. I just want to read one passage before I pray. And let this be our prayer for especially tonight. And I, I know for sure the desire, especially in my heart tonight as well. And notice what it says in verse 25. In Judges chapter 13. And it says, And the Spirit of the Lord began to move at all times in the camp. And notice that very first couple words, and the Spirit of the Lord began to move. Let's allow the Lord to speak to our hearts tonight. Let's empty of ourselves. And I know sometimes we could carry lots of, think about baggage, or we carry lots of sins. We carry lots of things in which it wants to create distance between us and the Father. But let's just give it all to Him before we start. And as we get to open up God's precious Word, and as we take a look, especially in the book of Judges, just a couple things that we can be encouraged with tonight. So let's go ahead and take a moment to pray. And thank you again, Pastor, for the opportunity. But let's go ahead and take a moment to pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, help us tonight. Lord, we need your word. We need your strength tonight. Lord, empty of myself. And Lord, I pray that uh, you just help us, Lord, to make many decisions for you tonight. We're asking, Lord, for the Spirit of God just to move on us tonight. Lord, let this evening just not to just be a normal Sunday night meeting, but Lord, I pray that it be a meeting of decisions made for you. And Lord, I pray that you just work in our lives tonight. Lord, we need you. We need your spirit filling tonight. And Lord, I pray that you just meet with us and help us tonight. In Jesus' precious word, Jesus' precious name, amen. As we take a look, notice with me, we're going to take a look here, especially about Samson. And ultimately, we know quite a bit about Samson. And we're going to take a look just at a couple points, now especially about Samson's life. But notice this phrase here, too often we pay too great of a price for something that looks so good. You know, it may look so promising, and also sometimes we pay such a great price. You know, many of us, maybe we're fishermen in here. I remember, you know, very few times going out and with my big brother going out to the CNO Canal and going out fishing and trying to catch a fish and hook them and also trying to unhook them and then cast them right back into the Potomac River there. But you think about it, fish are hooked. You know, they're attracted. You know, sometimes you could put some bait on that hook, you know, whether it be worms or I probably figure nobody put pizza on there, right? Probably not. But ultimately, they put some sort of bait that will attract that fish to ultimately get attracted to it, to, to hook right onto it. And ultimately, when that fish, you know, you know, all these fishermen, they you know, put that bait on. The next, you know, you fill that line. And the next, you know, oh, we got a fish. We got a bass or we got a salmon or we got a pike or whatever it may be. But notice, you know, fish are hooked because they are attracted to something that looks like food. You know, sometimes it can even be a fake fish. But sometimes we'll try to make only a good meal out of that, but ultimately they become food for themselves. No, ultimately we had the privilege to be able to fillet that fish, amen, and eat that, put it on the grill, get some salt and pepper, some lemon, and we get to devour that fish. But let me encourage you tonight, don't be fooled, especially what the world tries to offer you. You know, think about all the young people. There's going to be so many influences that's going to be trying to offer us to get away from God, trying to go in our own way, trying to not obey our parents, trying to get away from the pre God's precious word. There's going to be so many influences, especially on the cell phones that we have today. Think about even tablets and all sorts of things. 
Now think of especially even as we grow older and as we know, you know, this world, this flesh and Satan for surely doesn't want us to grow closer to Christ. But let me try to encourage you, don't be fooled when the world tries to offer you something, but ultimately, that's not going to be ultimately worth the price. But we're going to see in Judges, notice with me, in Judges chapter 13, and we're going to see, we're going to talk about this man named Samson. Many of us probably heard of this man named Samson before. He was a mighty man. He's one of the strong, well, they said the strongest man in the Bible. And you think about it, if you know, all of us will try to take down Samson, we'll probably all fall. But notice just number one here as we take a look at our point tonight. Tonight, and we're going to take a look in Judges chapter 13. Notice what it says here in verse 2. It says in chapter 13, in Judges chapter 13, verse 2, And there was a certain man of Zorah, the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren, and bare not. And notice how special this is. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman. And said unto her, Behold now, thou art barren, and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. And notice, and ultimately we'll go talk even especially a little bit about Samson's life. But notice number one, as we think about especially in our lives today, and as we take a look into Samson's life as well, ultimately we're going to talk at the very end of his life. Ultimately he didn't you know, finish strong. But notice number one, and let the, this these couple points to be an encouragement in our hearts tonight. But notice, number one, the potential of Samson's life. The potential of Samson's life. I think about the very potential of each and every one of us have today. We can do so much for God. We can do so much. I think about as we go out door knocking on Saturday visitation, there is so much potential from that person that opens up the door, can trust Christ as Savior, can get it on the bus route, can you know, ultimately be called into the Lord's service, can be called into a, be a Christian doctor or whatever it may be, and ultimately just to give their lives totally yielded to Christ, no matter at what age no, they are. But notice, you know, we see here the very, it's amazing here, he was very extraordinary into his very event. You know, we think about it, you know, it says in verse two, 3 here, the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman. What a special moment when that angel came and told, hey, you're going to be able to bear, you're going to have, ultimately you're going to name this child named Samson. And I'm so thankful, especially as a child of God, you know, that we, when we trust Christ as our Savior, that we get to have a new birth, and that's the new birth that's going to be in Christ. And I'm so thankful that we get to have that new birth. But not only that, but notice in chapter 14, and notice with me here in chapter 14, verse 5, and it says, Then went Samson down and his father and his mother to Tinnath, and came to the vineyards of Tinnath, and behold, a young lion roared against him. And notice verse 6 here. This is amazing here. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he rent him as he would have rent a kid, that he had nothing in his hand, but he told not his father or his mother what he had done. And he went down and talked with the woman, and she pleased Samson. Well, ultimately, we're going to take even look a little bit about that. But we see here from the very potential of Samson's life, the angel of the Lord appeared. Notice he even killed a lion with his bare hands. And I don't know anybody today, I think if I go against a lion, oh, I better have a shotgun or maybe a pistol. And I probably you know, wouldn't be able to tear that lion with my bare hands. But notice, you know, not only that... 
But I'm so thankful that the Spirit of the Lord was with him. Not only that, he performed many great feasts. Noah's strength, and as we know, he, had the, he, he took the Nazarite vow even from his birth. And to be able to get his strength from his hair and, and be able to be used of the Lord in a mighty way. Think about his enemies. You know, we face many enemies today. You know, think about our flesh and just craze, sin, and just wants everything not of God. We think about the world that influences so many ways. It's hard to even watch a YouTube video in which I'll see, without seeing something that's bad on a you know, commercial. You know, it, it's so sad out, out there today. But notice, you know, Samson, when he, when he was battling the Philistines, you know, ultimately he was trying to help prevent, and ultimately to get captured by, you know, by the Philistines and to keep control. Notice what it says in verse 19 of that same chapter. And it says here in verse 19, And the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he went down to Ashkelon and slew 30 men of them, 30 men of them, and took their spoil and gave change of garments unto them, which expounded the riddle. And his anger was kindled, and he went up into his father's house. But Samson's wife was given to the companion whom he had used as his friend. You know, he killed 30 Philistines at one time. And wow, what amazing power that ultimately God was able to give him to be able to kill 30 men. Not only that, we see here from chapter 15. Notice with me, it says in verse 14, And when he came unto Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And the cords that were wore upon his arms were as flax that was burnt with fire, and his bands loosed from off his hands. And he found a new jawbone of an ass and put forth his hand and took it and slew a thousand men therewith. What amazing, you know, power of God, you know, work of God. Not Samson could have done it himself, but by the Spirit of God moved mightily upon his life to be able to kill one thousand Philistines you know, with, his, with the very jawbone you know, of a donkey. But notice his evidences. You know, not only he, was, he killed a lion by his hands, he performed many great feasts, you know, many great things happened in his life, but Samson was proved to be a, a man of God. We, we, he has mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11 being a man of faith. And ultimately, he had the Spirit of God rested upon him. Notice, you know, I know we read a couple of those, but notice it says in verse 25, And the Spirit of the Lord began to move at him at times. Notice with me, in, even in chapter 14, verse 19, it says, And the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Notice with me, even in chapter 15, it says in verse 14, When he came to Lehi, the Philistine shot against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him and let that be a prayer for us that the spirit of the lord came mightily upon us to be able to use think about our church in a mighty way to be able to use us in a mighty way to be able to use our family in a mighty way oh let's not you know think about you know as i think about even the flag that i was using this week you no know, let's not our flag or surrender or, or let our flag that um that was holding really high, you know, when we got saved. And, and, but let's not put it on the ground, but let's stand firm. Even, you think about it, even from, our, from the youngest to the oldest, let's, you know, just rest upon God. And think about Samson, he enjoyed the many miracles of God. Think about seeing 1,000 people, you know, get slew. You know, that's amazing. I wish I could have been there and have front row seats of seeing that. Or be able to even see 30 men killed by, you know, Samson killed 30 Philistines. And ultimately, he was a servant of the Lord for many years. 
And you know what? Samson's life, he has so much potential. The Spirit of the Lord was with him. Notice, you know, there's a definition, and you can ultimately get take a look, even, even on the Internet, it says potential. It, it, they define it as what you can do, but what you have not yet accomplished. But we notice you have to be careful with that because ultimately sometimes we can get selfish. You know, sometimes we can try to base it on our efforts. And ultimately we try to do things in our efforts, you know, 99% of the time. You know, yes, you may get something accomplished, but it's not going to be as much as if God was with us. But let's notice even this definition of potential. And we have so much potential. It goes by defining by this, how far you can go. You know what? It doesn't stop when you're 50. No, it doesn't stop when you're 80. No, I think about even Moses. Notice with me, even in Moses, in Exodus chapter, Exodus chapter 7. Now, Moses was 80 years old, and he still, you know, fulfilled the calling of God. Notice what it says here in Exodus chapter 7 here, and turn with me. And notice what it says in Exodus chapter 7, even it says here in verse 7 here, it says, And Moses was four score years old, and Aaron four score and three years old, and when they spake unto Pharaoh, we notice that Moses, you know, four, you know, four score is four times twenty, and ultimately that will be equivalent to eighty years old, you know, called him into the ministry. You think about it, you know, he he just he had even other problems as well. Notice what it says in Exodus chapter four and verse ten. And notice this, and it says in Exodus chapter 4, verse 10, And Moses said unto the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, nor since I have spoken to thy servant. I am slow of speech, and of slow of anger. I am not very eloquent of speech here. I, I don't know if you're going to be able to use me. But you know what? Not only that, he was even filled with fear. Notice what it says in Exodus chapter 4, verse 1, And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me. Nor hearken to my voice, for they will say, The Lord had not appeared unto thee. No, even notice this, Exodus chapter 4, verse 13. And he said, O oh, my Lord, sin I pray thee by the hand of him who thou wilt send. He was even totally opposed on what the Lord's will for his life. But you know what? Despite of all the baggage that we may carry. You know what, there's times that we even say, how in the world I'm going to be used? You know, how in the world, you know, if I just come out on Saturday visitation, how I'm going to be used is knocking on a couple doors. Maybe even, you think about it, even some area of service in our church. You know, think about, oh, I, you know, I'm not going to be able to be a Sunday school teacher. But you know what, despite of all the baggage that Moses was carrying, God was able to use this man for the glory and honor of God. No, it's not about ourselves. It's not about what other people may think. I remember many times I was sitting in, in junior church, I think about children's church, and I looked around during the invitation time, and I was seeing if my friends will go up or see if anybody go up, and it depends. If somebody goes up, then I will go up, and then ultimately, you know, most of the times I didn't even make a decision because I was looking around and seeing what else, you know, what was people doing, and I forgot what really the Lord wanted me to do. But let me encourage you, just like Samson, and I'm so thankful that he had so much potential. The Lord can use him mightily the very same way that he can use us. You know what? We can live an extraordinary life in Christ. You know what? I'm so thankful that we are redeemed. You know, we, he, I'm so thankful the Lord bought us back into his family by what? By his saving grace of God. So thankful when we trust Christ as our Savior, we are indwelt with the Holy Spirit. He helps us. And to make decisions, and as we rest upon him, 
I'm so thankful that we have the privilege to be able to hold God's precious word with us today. I think about all sorts of third world countries that they're, you know, even hiding God's word just to be able to read it. They're going underground just to be able to have church. And I'm so thankful we can, you know, we live in the good old USA. We can walk right into these doors and be able to preach and teach God's word, have Sunday school, have a hot dog and popcorn fellowship here. Oh, I got to keep my eye on the time, make sure... Uh, Get done pretty quick. But ultimately, you know, we have so many freedoms that think about all the other third world countries don't have. And we have a copy of God's word. You know, many of us, you know, have more than probably one copy of God's word. I think about even a couple in the office and then a couple at the house. But let's not take God's word for granted. Let's not take the service of the Lord for granted. Let's not take prayer. You know, I think about it, you know, when the last time we just simply got on our knees. And weep for somebody. Now when the last time we just simply, Lord, I need you. Now when the last time we weep for maybe a lost loved one that needs to know the Lord's your Savior. Now when the last time we weep for, for our church, you know, to grow, to be able to see growth. And maybe for the Lord to use this church in a mighty way in our Jerusalem. Oh, we need men. We need ladies. We need children to be praying and, and asking the Lord to simply to use them, to use our church for his glory. And his honor. You think about service of the Lord. Oh, we have a privilege to be able to serve, serve the Lord. No, he doesn't even have to use us. I'm so thankful that we can witness. We can share others, you know, about our testimony. And there's going to be many people that you come across that I won't be able to meet. And to be able to, ser- to share our testimony, you know, and be able to be a witness to others. Think about getting to be a blessing. I know for sure yesterday we for surely got a blessing with all the baby stuff, and oh man, I can't tell you how many times, you know, when we was home, we said, oh, that looks so cute, or oh man, the baby's going to look so good in that, and all sorts of things, and it's just amazing, but let's not take all those things for granted, and I'm so thankful that we are privileged to be a child of God, I'm so thankful that he came to die for us, so that we can have everlasting life, and we can have victory like we never had it before. Victory every single day in him. But we see notice number one, he has the very potential. Samson has so much potential but, you know, for God. He had the spirit of the Lord moving upon him. But unfortunately, sometimes we know sin creeps in the way. Sin, we know, creates distance between us and the Father. Notice with me, it says here in Judges chapter 14, and notice what it says in verse 1, And Samson went down to Timnath, and Saul, you know, notice circle that word Saul and ultimately many times we can see sin sometimes we can even notice sin but I'm thankful that we don't have to give in to it we don't have to lust after it it says and Saul woman Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines and he came up and told his father and mother and said I have seen notice that word seen there circle that word a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines and now therefore get her for me to, to wife but I encourage you especially children now listen to those who have gone before you. Listen to those who have godly counsel and godly wisdom that they went before us. And notice what it says in verse 3. Then his father and his mother said unto him, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren or among all my people that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? But notice Samson's heart here. And Samson said unto his father, Get her for me. For she, I circle this word too, pleaseth me well. Think about how sin, you know, sometimes we could see, you know, 
sometimes we saw it. Sometimes we get seen it. Sometimes we, it's, it pleased so well to us. But notice number two as we take a look. Notice his, the problems of Samson's life. No, he had so much potential. So much that, he, that was going for him, for Christ. And he could just simply maintain that fellowship with Christ. He could simply maintain that love that he had for Christ. That man of God that also he should be. You know, he faced many adversaries. We see here even, you know, about his sin. He battled with the Philistines for over 20 years. But notice sometimes even in our lives today, the greatest enemy, you know, yes, we think about the world, the flesh, and the devil, and yes, they are enemies. But sometimes the greatest enemy that, that we all face, especially in our lives, is me. It's ourselves. You know, we get to dictate. You know, sometimes we can, you know, dictate on decisions. We can, you know, think hard on this or we can think too much. And you think about even with Samson, his flesh, you know, his flesh, you know, craved the appetites and ultimately proved to his very undoings in life. He forgot to know what happened in his past, the very potential of what Christ was, was blessing him with. And ultimately, instead of going what Christ would want us to do, instead of, trusting in him that he can help him instead of surrendering his will and his heart and his fleshly desires to Christ he simply ultimately allowed the flesh control his life and ultimately we know at the end of the story he paid a high price for his fleshly sinful desire and a lot of times that enemy can be us you know we could be Faced with the temptations and sins, and and ultimately sometimes you know it originates with very hard with us. Now you think about it, yes, the world that wants to get us, yes, the flesh wants to get us, yes, the the devil wants to get us. But I'm thankful that we have the free will choice to either go into that or we can say no to that, and we allow God just to simply work in our lives. But notice, you know, yes, he many adversaries, many things, you know, that was even tempting him, but he, he had many attractions as well. You know, we see here in Judges 14, 8 through 9, ultimately, we see this riddle here, and ultimately, you think about this, this woman, and he had a heart for, you know, women and all that stuff, and ultimately, Samson was a, Naz a Nazarite, and ultimately, he was supposed to live his life totally dedicated unto the Lord, but yet he lives for himself, and he you know, think about all the vows that ultimately he was supposed to live up to. He took for granted. And let's not take for granted what Christ has done for us. He was deceitful. He was lustful. No, he was proud. He was arrogant. No, he was prideful. Yet, we see here, he lived for himself. And it seems that Samson had bent, you think about evil, toward himself. But ultimately, notice this very addiction. Let's notice with me. Turn with me to chapter 16. And notice this, it says in verse 1, Then went Samson to Gaza, and notice this word Saul. I circle that word. There in Harlot, a very wicked, wicked, wicked woman. It went, I circle that word, into, unto her. And it was told the Gazites, saying, Samson has come hither. And they compassed him in and laid wait for him all the night. in the gate of the city were quiet in that night, saying, In the morning when his day we shall kill him. But no, jump down with me, verse 4. And it came to pass afterward that he, notice that word loved, I circle that word, a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. We know the story. But ultimately, by the end of his life, end of his career, end of his success, it seems to be living in total lifestyle to sin. 
No, not regarding God's work, not regarding what God has done in his life, what God has blessed him with, what God has, you know, miraculously done in his life. And he's simply, you know, he's, he's treating his testimony just like, you know, a total wreck. But I'm so thankful for a child of God. Our testimony is very valuable. You know, the way we live, the way we talk, the way we do things. You know, for example, if I go into you know, a place where I shouldn't, you know, most likely, you know, I think about it even in college. You know, there's many rules that we had to follow. And I remember one of the rules in which, you know, they didn't want no student to go to a movie theater. And if they catch you at a movie theater, they'll actually, they'll get you and they bring you back to the campus and, you know, all the demerits and all that good stuff. But it's crazy, the stories that they make, but ultimately at the same time, they're trying to protect you for your good. Think about many decisions, you know, many, well, rules, you know, in the rule book, you know, think about, I can't imagine how many pages... You know, at the time, but ultimately, they were meant for our good, trying to protect us and make sure we didn't do the things of which we shouldn't, to make sure we don't lust, to make sure we don't do, you know, certain things of which we shouldn't. But our testimony is the most valuable thing that we possess. You think about, it, you know, we have the Almighty God. We have the impossible God that can do amazing and wonderful things. No, let's guard our testimony with our life. You know, if we allow the testimony to become tarnished ultimately, I'm thankful that the Lord can restore it. But, you know, to where the eyes of those who saw you fail. And I'm so thankful we can go to him. But not only, let's notice here as we keep reading, it says in chapter 16, notice it says here in verse 5, And the lords of the Philistines, and we notice a couple of chapters back, there was five lords. And notice how much money Delilah will get. And it says, And said unto her, Entice him. Oh, get him. You know him. He's, he's going right after you. And it says here, And said unto her, Entice him, and see wherein his great strength lieth. By what means we may prevail against him, that we may bind him to afflict him. And we will give thee, every one of us, 1,100 pieces of silver. silver. You notice that this could be times five. It says in verse six, Delilah said to Samson, Tell me, I pray thee, wherein thy great strength lieth, and wherewithal, wherewith thou mightest be bound to afflict thee. We notice, you know, in verse seven and all through, he's going to try to get into his great strength. But you think about it, after the very first time, what do you notice? Something is different. Something, you know, is unique about this. And maybe I should have been walking away from this. But it says here, notice as we go here in verse 10, And Delilah said to Samson, Behold, thou hast mocked me and told me lies. And now tell me, I pray thee, wherewith thou mightest be bound. And then we see in verse 11, he sent unto her, bind me fast with new robes that never been occupied. Then I shall be weak and be as another man. Delilah therefore took new robes. And notice what it says in verse 13. And Delilah said unto Simpson, hitherto thou hast mocked me and told me lies. Lie, uh, tell me where thou mightest be bound. You think about there a second time. You know, think about how sin pounces. Sin wants us. that keeps coming back. You think about maybe there's a particular thought. You get rid of it. The next, you know, out of the blue, it comes right back. And it just keeps pouncing. It keeps going. It keeps going. It keeps going. And just like how sin is, you think about the very littlest part of your body. Think about, I think about probably my little toe. You know, everything's, you know, pretty big. But, you know, think about my little toe. 
You know, and then ultimately how sin just wants to creep in so small and just like leprosy. You know, it starts small and then builds and builds and then ultimately it takes over your whole body. And just how sin is, is, is like that, you know, sin wants to take over a body. Sin wants, wants us to be separate from God. But we see here time after time, you know, it, it keeps pouncing into Samson's in, in, in his heart. But ultimately we know that he, verse 4, that he loved a woman. But notice as we keep jumping down here, it says, verse 13, The light has sent to Samson, Hitherto thou hast mocked me and told me lies. Tell me within thou mightest be bound. And he sent to her, Thou weavest seven locks of my, my head with the web. And she fastened it with the pen and said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And you think about you know, that phrase right there. The I know for sure the Philistines want me dead. The Philistines for surely want me to you know, be bound. And, and ultimately you think about it after hearing that, but he still played with sin. And as we see here, and she said unto her, thou, well, verse 14, and he wakened out of his sleep and went away with the pen of the beam and with the web. Notice verse 15, and she said unto him, notice how sin is. How canst thou say I love thee? With thy heart is not with me. Thou hast mocked me these three times. Has not told me where in thy great strength lieth. Notice verse 16, and it came to pass when she pressed him daily. Just like sin tries to press us. The world attractions tries to press us. The flesh tries to press us with her words. And urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death. And the sad part about his life. Then you think about it all through this. There's no mention of God. Think through all this there's no prayers. Lord help me. There's no mention of, Lord, I, I need the Spirit of God just like how you were, how the potential that I had for God. And have seen many miracles and wonders, but there's no mention of God at all because of his sinful desires. That he told her all his heart and said unto her, There had not come a razor upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven then my strength will go from me. But I shall become weak and be like any other man. But as we see here, notice number three here as we wrap up tonight, the product of Samson's life. It's sad to see a man of God that loved him, stood for him, the potential. You think about, you know, no matter where we are in age, we have so much potential for God. But we see here, he simply put it down in a trash can. But notice, as we know, many of us maybe heard this before, but notice, number one, that ultimately we see here they're going to bound him, and ultimately they're going to take him. They're going to do some crazy stuff here. But notice with me, it says in verse 21, but the Philistines took him and put out his eyes. What a terrible price to pay. And brought him down to Gaza and bound him with fetters of brass. He did not grind and he did grind in the prison house. Notice, number one, he lost his vision. He lost his vision. You know what sin's going to do? Sin's going to simply blind us. Now it's going to blind us of being in the Lord's house. It's going to blind us from, you know, the spiritual things in which we should be doing. Sin will blind us from being where in times in which we know we need to be in the church house. Think about it even when a child of God lives, you know, their life under total control of the flesh. That we will too lose our eyesight of things in which we should. 
Many times we will walk away from our devotional life. Many times we will walk away from coming on Sunday morning church. Sometimes we'll walk away from, you know, coming, you know, when we should. Sometimes we walk away from giving and all sorts of things that could be happening in our lives. But not only that, but notice how sin was simply binding you up as well. It says in verse 21, the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with fetters of brass. You know what? He lost his strength. His strength. Now, ultimately, he was supposed to live totally, completely yielded to Christ, but he simply told Delilah all of his heart. He lost his strength, but ultimately, he shouldn't be telling nobody. You know, for the believer, I'm so thankful that we get to be in heaven one day. You know, I'm thankful that we can have the spiritual power of God just to simply work in our hearts. You know, imagine not being able to pray and not hear the Lord work. Imagine being able to pray and you're simply crying out, but he simply is not hearing us because there's something that's in the way between us and the Savior. Imagine, you know, not having the very peace of God. And I know we live in a unpeaceful world. We live in a wicked and, 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 and crazy world today where there's no peace, no strength, no help. But I'm so thankful when we go into these doors in this church house, we can find peace. We can find help. We can find encouragement. You know, with brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, come all together, wrap around and, you know, hey, I'm so thankful you're here. And, hey, let me try to help you out. Or in some way. You know, imagine that, you know, a time when we cannot express to God. Cannot enjoy Him. Cannot enjoy His Word. Because there's something that's in the way. You know what? Sin ultimately binds Samson up. But let's know number three here. Notice as we look back in 21, verse 21 of chapter 16. But the Philistines took him, put out his eyes, and brought him down to Gaza, and bound him with fetters of brass. And he did grind in the prison house. You know what sin is going to do? He's going to lose his victory. You know, I'm so thankful that we have victory in Christ. I'm thankful for times in which, you know, think about when we worry. I'm thankful for times in which we are down. That we, you know, I'm thankful that God can help us and give us those victories that we need from day to day. And ultimately, we think about Samson, you know, sin is going to simply grind him up. We know, you know, the grinding of the prison's house was supposed to be, you know, ultimately woman's work. It was, it was ultimately given, you know, to humi humiliate Samson and to show how weak he really is. But I'm so thankful with Christ, we have all the strength we need. You know, he can give us the strength to be able to do great and mighty things. You know, let me ask you this. Can you see the great man of God grinding corn for the Philistines? No, he lost his power. He lost his strength. He lost his victory. And I can't imagine living in those type of shoes and think about all the potential that Christ you know, had on Samson's life. And he simply ruined it. If I can encourage you tonight, you know, as a church family, you know, from the youngest to the oldest, you know, to never lose the Spirit of God upon your life. Now, I pray for my life, for the Lord just to simply use me. Just like in that song, here am I, Lord, use me. I just want the Lord to use me. I don't want nothing to be of me I want nothing to be of things of which I can do. But you know what? My life, I want my life to count for Jesus. No, I want to yield my life completely to him in every single way. No, even when I get to you know, be 80 years old like Moses one day, I still want to be out there serving Christ. No, there's one message that I was listening to, and 
uh, pastor and his family was able to was able to be up there for the pastors' conference, and Dr. David Gibbs gave a illustration, a story about there was a, a person in the hospital. I may not get all the details right, but they was in the hospital and ultimately he was ultimately getting ready to die, and ultimately he wanted to go up to the third floor to tell others about Christ. Now you say, you know, that room, that floor, I believe, you know, he went around his best that he could, even when he's simply dying. You think, you know, oh, I just want to rest, and I just want to live peacefully. I want to go into heaven coasting. But he simply, he saw the need. And you know what? It's amazing. You know, he ultimately, you know, there's, you know, a bunch of, you know, a little more stuff to it. But Dr. Gibbs, you know, got him in a wheelchair, and he was able to go up to that third floor, and be able to go to each one of them and show them the need of Christ. No, no matter how old we are, let's, not, let's remember that God can still use me. Maybe it's a Sunday school teacher. Maybe it's a bus worker. I'm so thankful that I was raised in the bus ministry. I'm so thankful that somebody came by my door and knocked on my door and encouraged me to come. Even times when I church hop and I went for what I wanted and things, promotions, and but I'm so thankful that you know, there's people that was consistent, always wanted me to be in church. Even when, I think by even times of my family didn't want me to be in church. Told me I was in church too much. Told me I was in church that, you know what, you, you know, you need to take a break from that because you need to spend time with us. But you know what, you know, serving the Lord's my life. You know, serving Him, yielding my life to Him is my life. And at times in which it could be Top to decide. Let's not follow Samson's shoes. Let's say, you know what, I'm going to serve the Lord. I want the Lord to use me mightily for him. Not for me, not for somebody, not for show. But allow God just to simply use us. Don't pay the price for, you know, all that type of living that we have today in the world. You know, we can live happily in the Lord's hands. With peace, with strength, with help. Beyond measure. You know, I'm so thankful that. Just like Samson, he had the potential that we can have that potential too. You know, let it be said of us that we have the Spirit of God moved in our hearts. Lord, every Father, Lord, I pray that you just bless this invitation. And Lord, I pray that you just use us tonight.